welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard, all alone today. Uh, our guest this week is Rob Scott. He is a mindset coach. I promise we are going to talk to you about what a mindset coach is uh, and exactly how important his life-changing fundamental shift concept uh, actually is. This we talked for a very long time. Uh, I left the interview as much intact as I possibly could. Um, it is, he, it was, I, I'm going to have him on again. So just so you know, this, I, I thought this was, was profound uh, in, in, in his approach to how to change your mind about yourself and, and thereby change your entire life. So that's coming up in a minute. Uh, but first, I would love to give you a quick word, well, if it's from John, but it's, uh, it's from our sponsors that help make today possible, which is Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans. So real fast, here is a message from John uh, with Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans. Home today is so much more than it was yesterday. But at Rocket Mortgage, home is still all about you. During these challenging times, the top priority at Rocket Mortgage is the health and safety of the communities they serve. And one thing that will never change is their team's commitment to giving you the best mortgage experience possible. That's why if you need mortgage support, their team of experts is there to answer questions and offer solutions. They understand that hardships happen, and they are here to help. Whether that means working with you to save money on your mortgage or finding a new way to navigate payments, if you have questions, the team at Rocket Mortgage has answers. They know how important your home is to you because you're important to them. If you need mortgage assistance, the home loan experts at Rocket Mortgage are available to help 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. From their home to yours, the team at Rocket Mortgage is with you. Visit rocketmortgage.com slash tesh to learn more. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Once again, want to thank Rocket Mortgage from Cricket Loans for sponsoring the show today and for helping make this possible to bring to you guys. Real quick, before we get to the interview, I want to give you two quick pieces of intelligence that you guys can share with your friends. Uh, these are just, you know, little, little vignettes. Normally, John and I would discuss these, but he's not here right now. So here we go. Here's a cool way to live a longer, healthier life and reduce your risk for disability and dementia. And it's something I'm terrible at. Dance. That's the recommendation of researchers at the Tokyo Metropolitan Institute of Gerontology, who studied more than 1,000 senior citizens. They found that physical activity like walking, yoga, aerobics, generally help people remain independent as they aged. But dancing slowed cognitive decline the most. And seniors who danced regularly were 73% less likely to become disabled during the study compared to those who didn't exercise at all. The researchers believe it's because dancing requires a large variety of mental and physical skills, including balance, strength, endurance, and adaptability. Plus, you need to remember that choreography, coordinate movements in the, to the music, and possibly coordinate with a par partner, and you have to move smoothly. I also think that people who are willing to dance in public have a certain, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They have a certain personality type that I would think also lends themselves uh, to a longer life. So I think it's you know a double-edged sword. Uh, one more quick thing before we get to the interview. If you love guacamole, and I do, you can get more dates. The dating site Zeusk analyzed more than 3.7 million dating profiles and looked over, the, uh, looked over 364 million first messages to see if there was a link between food and finding love. And there is. They found that, men, uh, that mentioning certain foods in, in a profile or message can help spark romantic interest in a potential love match. According to Zeusk, talking about food in your profile in general, it's a good thing. But the top foods to mention in your profile, if you're looking for a response, guacamole and chocolate. 
people who mentioned guacamole had a whopping, are you ready for this? 144% increase in messages. So there you go. Ta- mentions uh, you dance and, uh, and uh, you know, talk about guacamole and, and, and you know, you're going to live a long life with a lot of dates. There you go. Okay. Without further ado, here is Rob Scott. Uh, I'm just going to say, this is going to change your life. I mean, it's, it's profoundly changing mine. This is going to change your life. And I don't think I'm Babe Ruth calling my shot. I think this is just obvious. So here we go. Rob Scott. Rob Scott, mindset coach, uh, changer of worlds. Thank you so much for being a part of our show today. We really appreciate it. Give it's great to be here. Thanks. Uh, you have a, a number of of courses online. You do you do a bunch of, of coaching, um, and I happen like going through your stuff. I just happen to love the the stuff that you're doing. But but your your overall brand is is fundamental shift. And yes. uh, I guess I kind of I mean we're in a, we're in a stage right now where where mindset is really difficult. Where our uh, where we have a lot of inputs from around us that are telling us who we are and how we're supposed to be. Uh, and I feel like that seeps in. So what is, I guess, let's start with just what is fundamental shift uh, and how does it apply to us? How can we start? Yeah, that? I, I think that's really interesting. Thank you for, for, you know, that line of question. The, what, what happened for me was I ended up, um, I, you know, I was growing up and I, I, like so many people, I had a really difficult childhood. It was very dysfunctional, very abusive mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Uh, it led me to addiction at a very early age and just a lot of deep dysfunction. And uh, that led in my late teens and into my 20s into uh, in and out of institutions and jails and halfway houses and rehabs and drug addiction and homelessness, ultimately. Mm. And uh, I ended up having this really profound experience, which I call my own personal fundamental shift, where I really woke up to, okay, nobody's actually punching me in the face anymore. I don't have any literal challenges, but somehow I'm carrying a a very deep victim identity into every situation. Mm. And and I I became self-aware in a really profound way. And I I thought to myself, what would happen if I were to put this down, right? And, And so once I was able to do that, Meaningfully, I went from literally homeless to vice president of technology uh, in a handful of years Mm. and, you know, like starting with a temp job in a company and working my way all the way up. And in the middle of that, I got really sick with an aggressive cancer. And so, uh, you know, almost died from that. So it was I ended up at the end of that where it was maybe 2005 podcasts had come out. And I started a podcast and there weren't too many people listening. There were less people talking on that platform mm-hmm. by a lot. And so a lot of those people found me and I, I called that thing fundamental shift because I wanted to talk about what I had learned about changing my own consciousness, which led to changing how I think, how I feel, how I behave and just led to massively better results. Um, you know, and that was really only the the first chapter, I, I started getting a lot of listeners and people all over the world started asking me for coaching. Mm. And so 2005, 2006, I started moving into this coaching thing. It was meaningful enough for me that I decided to leave the corporate world. And I've been doing that full time ever since, uh, you know, with this company that I call Fundamental Shift. And in that, you know, I think that the the most profound fundamental shift that we can make is in uh, it's really down deep in a, in a sense of our identity. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I don't mean to just keep talking about that, but like one idea of that might be if I'm working with, let's say a really dysfunctional woman who is massively overweight, you know, like a hundred pounds overweight. Mm -hmm. And if I get really honest with her about like, you know, what do you think of yourself? Like, Mm. what do you, what do you, what do you think you are? 
uh, quite often you'll hear things like, you know, I'm a loser. I'm, I'm a horrible person. I'm a failure. I'm, I'm these kinds of things. And just to give you a simple example, if I can take that person rather than working way out with like willpower and there's these behaviors and why don't we do that? If all of that is on top of, I am a failure, it's very, very difficult to make change. Maybe not impossible, but very, very difficult. But if I can change her down deep in her psyche into, I am athlete, right? I I might not be a fit athlete. I might be a hundred pound overweight athlete, but what comes with that are attitudes, behaviors, habits, because an athlete moves their body an athlete owns running shoes An athlete eats a certain way. And so what you find, and I've, I've done this with countless people, not obviously just in the, in the weight loss space, but in all spaces. Uh, and what happens is with this example, this woman, you know, lost a hundred pounds, became a spin instructor, like literally changed who she was, Mm. uh, based on this one idea. So you have many people that want to leave the corporate world and, you know, for years they go, gosh, I'd love to be an entrepreneur. I'd love to be an entrepreneur. And many of those end up in a space where they're studying it, they're reading, they think they have to learn more to become it. I'm not that thing yet. And I might call that like a wantrepreneur, right? They're, they're very clearly in the, I don't like being an employee. I want to be this other thing. Right. Uh, but that, that path to change can happen inside much more quickly. And then you get these external benefits of it. Uh, but you know, you, it's becoming the thing now, right? Becoming the thing in this moment. And, uh, and that's what I'm deeply interested in. That's, I mean, I feel like that is such a, that is a notion that is gaining so much steam right now. Not, I mean, it's, not just with you, but but uh, and, I, and I think you are well poised for um, for this sort of shift in everybody's thinking. But this idea, and not fake it till you make it, but become the thing, live in your mind, and and your subconscious mind will follow the thing that you want to be. Like seriously, th- I, I've said this before too. There's so much to the Stuart Smalley affirmations from SNL, where you just you <laughs> yeah. look at yourself yeah. in the mirror and you say you are. The thing that you want to be, you're good enough, you're smart enough, and doggone it, people like you. Like you, just look at yourself in the mirror every day, and you say that you know you are an entrepreneur. You are the person that's going to start the next Amazon or the next. You know, just give yourself that permission to look at yourself in the mirror and say that. And what a profound shift that makes into how you behave throughout the day. You begin to behave as though you are that person, and yeah, you begin and- to take in stimuli as though you are that person. Yeah, well, I want to, I want to, it's not as though you were, it's actually becoming that person, right? right? So, so the difference is in the way you just said it, you said your subconscious will follow. The difference is that you actually change the subconscious first Mm. and, and your conscious behaviors and everything that you're doing out here uh, changes because if you're trying to do it, your conscious mind is very, um, is is far less powerful than the unconscious habits that are underneath. So getting a path in to change those unconscious patterns and, and what you really believe about yourself way down deep. Mm. Um, I, I talk about, uh, uh, beliefs in a certain way and I don't mean religious beliefs. I just mean the belief of I'm a loser or, you know, this will never work out for me or I'm, I can, I can only make a hundred thousand dollars a year. I could never imagine making a million dollars a year, right? There's these unconscious limits that become quite literally glass ceilings ab- above what we think we can have and be and, and, and behave. And so if you think about all the New Year's resolutions of people becoming a runner, let's say, like this mm-hmm. is the year I'm going to become a runner. That is a something that you know, almost never works out. You know, it works out for some people, but most people like never even buy the shoes. Mm -hmm. Uh, They set the New Year's resolution. Some people run four or five times and it doesn't stick. Some people run for three weeks and it stops. Handful of people actually become runners, right? Well, 
externally, and I would say 95% of coaches out there say that's an act of will. And, and that is one way to change, applying your will to something long enough so that eventually your subconscious mind takes it on. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is there's one day where you wake up and there's just no resistance anymore. You're just like, I am a runner. I put on right. my shoes. I, I am that thing. In and fact, so it, go, now, it would go the other way. Like right. the, when, when right. I, I have, I am a runner, I've run a few marathons and when I'm deep in training, honestly, if I don't run for the day, something feels Correct. wrong. Like my yes. body needs it. You, you, you switch over into, I am this thing, right? So an entrepreneur, you could take away their whole business. Another one forms right after mm -hmm. because they are, uh, they are that thing, right? But if I'm trying to become an entrepreneur, I basically have an unconscious sense of I'm not that thing. I have to fake it until I make it. I, I'm not whatever, right? So that switch that happens, you know, we actually can get access to some of that and we can shift around um, our own personal beliefs about ourselves. There's a really interesting concept. Uh, I, I use the, the metaphor of lenses, right? If you think about a lens, mm -hmm. uh, we have lenses in our glasses. If you don't have glasses, you've probably used a microscope or a telescope, right? The function of a or lens. Or a camera. Exactly, right. So a function of a lens is that it alters what we see. Okay, it, it literally changes. It might make it more blurry. It might make it more clear. Mm -hmm. uh, but the number one function of a lens is that it alters what you can see. Right. There's a secondary function of a lens that people don't realize is that the lens itself is built to be invisible. Meaning that like when I'm wearing my glasses, I'm almost never considering my glasses. They right. literally change the reality. Unless of what there's I see. something wrong with them. Right. Correct. Yeah. Um, however, all of your thoughts and beliefs are lenses, right? They are changing the perspective of how you see something. Uh, and they're built to be invisible. They're built to be taken on by you as true. So take a political lens, take mm -hmm. a, uh, a lens about yourself, about your self-confidence, about, you know, whether you can do sales or not, about whether you can become an athlete or not, whatever those things are. Along the way, we get instilled with personal truths, you know, and I'm throwing air quotes up, uh, because we feel as though they're true, uh, but they're really not necessarily true. Mm. And so the way to get in and alter those. And so if you think about the fundamental shift, one way is instead of looking through the lenses of your life, gaining this, this deep capacity to be able to objectify the lens and see how you're seeing. Right. And then being able to alter the lens and put on much more useful glasses, yeah. right. Glasses that can actually help you take on, Oh, I, I am a runner, right. I may only run half a block because I'm, you know, deeply dysfunctional and have bad knees or whatever. Uh, but I can take that on and then start, you know, and then you can run three quarters of a block and then you can run two blocks and then you can run a mile. And before you know it, you're, you're, uh, you know, a significant runner that others would look to as a runner. Right. Mm, but mm -hmm. you taking that on first is what's going to get you into action and, and doing the things that matter most to you. Okay. So, uh, I mean, how? How do you how do you how do you distinguish and how do you make that change where you're changing the lens to exhaust your metaphor? Sure. Uh, but but also as to where you are really convincing yourself not convincing your subconscious mind, right? Because this is not this is not a toy, it's not a fake. But like really in in investing in your subconscious mind the notion or uh incepting <laughs> from the yeah, yeah. right in your subconscious mind that you are this person without it being just another veneer that you put on yourself. Like that I know that you're making that distinction. But how do we as individuals begin to do that? So, so deeply, an identity shift is, you know, it's, it's the least attractive thing that I might want to say to people is that, you know, hey, man, you're delusional, right? Like nobody wants to hear that they're delusional because the meaning that they're making 
feels incredibly real to them, right? right? Whatever, whatever panic situation I'm in feels completely real. Um, you don't understand. I've had the worst day ever, all that stuff. But mm -hmm. somebody who is more resilient in that moment can make a different meaning, right? So the ability to uh, alter the meaning making that you're doing is foundational. I, I want to back up just for a second to give a, a different sense of identity shifting and why, uh, why this is the fundamental shift and why this is very different than most kinds of coaching. Okay. So uh, coaches, if you think about them very often have a specific, uh, specialty. Mm -hmm. It might be a weight loss coach. It might be a nutrition coach. It might be a business coach, a sales coach. Uh, Michael Jordan has coaches, right. Or had coaches, right. So you can have a golf coach, a basketball coach, whatever. Um, all of those are these external things. And, you know, when somebody is really getting honest about what they actually want, when you when you go to a coach, very often you're like, you know, if I could just get the ability to have three more clients, so I, I need to get coaching on sales, that's all I want. But the person wants much more than that, if we're honest. It, right. it may be so loud and so deficient in that moment that they really think that's all I need. But they really want that so that they can have the money that comes right, from that. Right, and right, they want right. the money so that they can buy the things and feel the security and be significant and feel like they can provide for their family. They also want you know, confidence in 18 other situations. And then maybe once their money's figured out, they realize, oh, I actually don't like my body. So they want to change in that too. Mm -hmm. All of the deficiencies across your life, the common denominator in that is you, right? Mm -hmm. There's this, there's this sense of you. And so when you back up, we can break down what you are into, um, a, a, a sense of self that can become deeply changeable and adaptable, which if we think about, you know, we've recently had COVID, we now have uh, a lot of racial tension. There's, there's a lot of chaos that's, uh, potentially at the door at any one time, right, right. you know, to get one specific kind of coaching is interesting and maybe very applicable in certain situations, but a much more meaningful level, level of coaching is really getting into a different level of, uh, self-concept. One that is adaptable, has the ability to change really meaningfully, uh, can, uh, learn and see the meaning that they're making in any moment. So mm -hmm. that they're not, you know, overwhelmed by whatever situation comes. Okay. So, the tools that I've developed around this, if you think about um, your self-concept, there's conscious parts of it, which are your conscious attention, right? Like, how is your conscious mind working? Are you ruminating like a depressed person, like you just can't get off of that yeah. bad thing that's happened? Are you scattered, like, you know, social media and the news cycle and all these things are making your attention bounce around? Like, do you have the skills of attention so that you can focus and make meaning that's useful to you and that your conscious experience of life is the highest level and, and the most useful to you and the world mm -hmm. as possible, right? So there's that line. Um, so I have tools in that line that are very effective to help you kind of snap out of those dysfunctions of mind and they, they deeply work. Now you have this unconscious side. We're talking about that where somebody might not realize, like to them, it's very real. The, the quote of I am a loser, or this just isn't going to work out with mm -hmm. me, or I am ugly or whatever those things are. And even if those have evidence, they may not be useful. So there's uh, techniques that I've come up with that help you repattern that unconscious stuff so that even in your conscious mind, if you have this perfectly focused, wonderful conscious mind, if you go into a white room and sit there and not, you have no stimulus from the outside, thoughts are still going to be popping up into your mind. Well, where are those thoughts coming from? They're coming from your unconscious. They're just, they're meanings. They're thoughts that are popping up. If those are dysfunctional, if those are patterned in such a way that you're saying over and over to yourself in the background, 
I'm not enough, this will never work out for me, whatever. Mm -hmm. We've got to go in and repattern those in a meaningful way, right? So once you start going, okay, my conscious mind is running really uh, optimally. My unconscious mind is patterned so that the default thoughts without my effort are coming up. They're really meaningfully helpful and amazing. Then we get into the uh, two other spaces that I think are important to mention that are addressed in this work is the doing space. Then Mm -hmm. how do you apply that in a way so that you're not procrastinating, you're not self-sabotaging, you're not doing these things? Like what are the effective things in those handful of areas that you really want mastery so that you can apply yourself really well? So for a business owner, those are certain things. For somebody who's trying to lose weight, those are certain things, et cetera, right? And then the other big area is relating. What is your sense of self? How can you really, really highly relate to others? So how do you parent? How do you partner with a romantic partner? How mm-hmm. do you, how are you a friend? And honestly, in our bigger crises that we're seeing now, we have a deep breakdown of, of the, you know, both the conscious and the unconscious stories of our social constructs, right? Like, what do we value as a nation? What do we value, uh, you know, between race relations and all these different things? What do we value when we have a pandemic come out? Is it the economy or is it safety of whatever. We're not doing a very good job, um, you know, at the collective level of any of these anyway. Well, at the core of all that are our individual identities and how we're making meaning and, and what we're doing here. So th- I realize that that sounds very, very broad. That was a wide. lot. I mean, honestly, yeah, that was yeah. a lot. It is for sure, <laughs> because I'm, I'm trying to point out almost all the directions, right? Mm-hmm. But at the core of all that is your sense of self, your ability to make meaning uh, differently, uh, your ability to run your conscious mind and and the unconscious patterns that you have. And as you start to gain some mastery in those, you ultimately get a meta skill that is then applicable to any of these smaller areas really, really effectively. I mean, yeah, I mean, so essentially that comes down to the idea of you can control what you can control, right? Which is, mm-hmm. and, and, and like the Stoics eventually would, you, you distill what you can control down into, it's just your mindset. Like that's really the only thing you can control. Yeah, I can control my mindset and, and then maybe some of my behaviors on top of that. And then right. there's a lot that's but out even, of my control. But and even, what's my relationship with that, right? Right. But even like we, we talked earlier about like the idea that, that um, actually we can't really control our behaviors because if we don't control our mindset first, our behaviors will will eventually go in the direction of wherever our mindset is. So it, uh, like, Correct. So yeah, we, I mean, you, you know, we, we could argue that there's some willpower in there, but willpower is diminishing, you know, quicker and quicker with our decision fatigue and our right, overwhelm right. and all that stuff, right? So I wouldn't say that's none, but it's not much. Right. And so, yeah, so mindset is absolutely uh, foundational and core to this. And mm-hmm. to your point, back to the affirmations, which is not, you know, that that's not the Stuart Smalley argument is not exactly how I'd like to be remembered. Um, but to your point, <laughs> in any one moment, if you can have the um, the self-awareness, if you can get out of the lenses that you may be carrying, have a shift in your attention to see how you're making meaning and you can meaningfully change, meaningfully change that meaning. It really does change your subjective reality in that moment. Right. So mm-hmm. um, if I'm going into a sales meeting and I'm, I'm noticing that I'm anxious, if I can change that anxiety instead into excitement in a moment and instead go, this isn't going to work out, this isn't going to work out, turn that into, you know, I'm going to really love meeting these people, however mm-hmm. it goes. It's going to be a nice meeting. I'm going to make a new friend or whatever. Now you go in with a different ease and confidence and you'll see the results deeply change because you've gained mastery over that, right? You've gained, and now you become the kind of person that other people want to be near, that right. other people want to listen to, that you know, now you can really lead your own life in some meaningful way, and all of a sudden you become more of a leader, et cetera. Okay. I mean, yeah. 
But how fundamentally do we start to get into that? I mean, I know this is like, sure. Like I know that you spend a lot of time coaching people into how to incept that concept. Yeah. So, so let's, let's do the most. I, I, I get what you're asking, right? Let's go to the first thing, right? So if we begin with what is, what are the limits that you're not really seeing about yourself just yet? Mm -hmm. Okay. So if I'm working with somebody, I'm going to, I have ways of digging out the things that you believe about yourself and the world that are truly just not useful that you've taken on somewhere. We're going to go in and reverse those immediately, like very, very quickly. That alone, if you did that with just your greatest limit, you know, or even just one of your top five, mm. it's a life changer alone. But we're going to do that for your top five or 10 and give you the ability to change any other ones that you know, like you're going to get the meta skill of changing mm -hmm. that. Right. And so what's really important here is it's not about affirmations. It's not going, I am a millionaire. I am a millionaire. Cause if you're not, your subconscious is going to be like, Hey man, you're lying to me. Like mm -hmm. that's just now, now I'm out of integrity with myself. Like that doesn't work. So there's a real art to picking like, what's a, what's a useful mindset here. You notice I didn't say going into that sales meeting as I'm going to get this sale, right? right? Because that, that ends up, you know, if I don't, that ends up doing it, but it and might that'll be also reinforce negativity. If you... it reinforces the history of I'm a failure, right? right? It reinforces the history of I suck at sales or whatever. And, and, so, and, and, and your subconscious mind will then be that much harder to make believe in the future because it's as well, you lied exactly. to me before. Exactly. Yeah. So, so one of the main things that I talk about here is useful thinking, right? So, so does it matter if it's true or not, right? Well, in the past, you might have tons of evidence of being a loser or, you know, somebody will come and say, hey, man, I lose all the time. I lost the girlfriend. I lost the job. I'm about mm -hmm. to lose my house, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. just, it's the worst. And I go, great. Uh, do you want to put that down? Because at some point you're going to have to take on an idea of I'm not a loser. I've lost, but I'm not a loser, right? So the difference in that being in your sense of self versus things that have happened to you or things you've experienced is massive, right? Just that shift, you could consider that a fundamental shift, right? Away from, I'm not going to identify with this. I'm just, I'm in an experience of something, but I have options. I am potentially different than this. And so if I can get you to see that that's not useful, even if it has quote unquote truth or history to it, mm -hmm. for, for it to become not true now, we have to break up with the permanent truth of it, right? So a lot of what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm playing with what uh, delusional humans tend to take on as true about themselves in the world, but aren't true. And then instead of saying, well, this is true instead, we get into an ability to craft deeply useful thinking in any moment that is situationally uh, appropriate and really, really highly useful. And yeah. through that, you end up with a sense that's like, okay, I, I, I get what this is because it's not delusional. It's not overpromising. It's very, very real, very, very tangible. And you, you see the results follow that, that are, you know, profound. So I get, it, it sounds phenomenal and I, I am, I am inspired by the notion, but I, I guess, um, the, the first step for me that I think uh, I'm missing is, is how do I begin, uh, to identify what those limitations are, what those uh, subconscious barriers that I'm putting up are like how to, because you said earlier, we talked about the metaphor of the lens and it's designed to not be able to be seen. So there has to, so, be, a, yeah. there has to be a transformational so, process to start this where we're able to identify our lenses. For sure. So sit down with a piece of paper and get really honest with yourself. And it doesn't have to be 100% true because there's going to be parts of you, like even if you were to write out, I'm a loser, there's a part of you that'd be like, well, that's not really true. But even if it's, a, even if it's 1% true, 
for you, I would say that it's bad software in the system. So you could sit down, if, if your life is not working out in a certain way, you could literally objectify these things by writing out, you know, I'm not very good at sales. I suck at follow through. I, I procrastinate all the time, like mm -hmm. whatever those are, right? Write those down and then begin to go through. And this is what, you know, it is so helpful. You, you to get start it. with your own negative, like just whatever you can identify immediately about your own negative thoughts about yourself. Like if you just like, just spill it out like you're writing in a diary. It's a it's a great way to start. Like what do you what do you see as true about your own limitations and where you're not enough and where you're uh, failing in some way, right? Mm -hmm. So so you know, let's say we get those, and then I say, okay, of the of the 25 things you just wrote out, what are the top five where you just go, you know, these are really true for me. I they're really really uh, not right. And then what if you were to say, okay, what's a different choice I could make here? Like if, if instead of this being true, this were just a choice, what, what would maybe be a different choice? So instead of, you know, I'm a loser, you, you might write, you know, uh, I like when I win. Right. And so I, I almost want to back up and talk about attention for a second, right? Your, your attention, and this is more in the conscious space. So we're going to, you know, there's, there's the unconscious at play and there's the conscious mind at play. Your conscious attention in any moment is going through that unconscious lens that's mm -hmm. altering how you see to some degree, but then you're very aware of what you're seeing, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at a certain ruminating thought or you're looking in a certain direction. And so it, it, as you change your attention and just move it around, like look at something differently, even though maybe you haven't changed the unconscious pattern, you've still changed your reality in a moment. So this is why like the power of gratitude is so powerful. Mm -hmm. if, if we were to spend the next 10 minutes talking about all the things we've lost and how horrible the world is and how scary the economy is now, our subjective experience of the next 10 minutes, we could argue would be pretty difficult. We could, right. we could get really upset. We could get anxious or depressed or whatever. If instead I spent the next 10 minutes moving my attention to what do I have? What am I grateful for? What's happened that's amazing in my life? That's just a conscious attention move, right? That's choosing in this moment to look at something differently. I'm going to, uh, you know, either actually look at something different, like things that have happened that are good uh, versus things that are happening now or have happened that are bad. Uh, that's a big game changer, right? What we can do with this negative list to go back to that is how might I see these differently, right? So instead of I keep losing, when do I win, right? Mm -hmm. When do I do these things? So that's beginning to move the conscious attention in that moment. Gaining that power and seeing how useful that is in any moment, that's one of those skills in the conscious mind. We want to take that on. To go and pattern these unconscious things so that our mind is running better, uh, I have something called a repatterning technique where we actually come up with what are much more useful thoughts instead of these persistent negative thoughts that you have. And then you can go through and do this repatterning technique, which actually gets it down into the subconscious mind. It gives your subconscious mind, just like the habit of running gives your subconscious mind, oh, maybe I'm a runner eventually. Mm -hmm. This repatterning technique lets your subconscious mind start taking on other options because it's, it's okay with other options. It doesn't, it, it's just trying to survive. It's not upset if you give it another thing. Right. Uh, but we just, we just got to get them in there. So, so yeah. So like to use your example of the, I'm a loser or the, uh, I lack follow through. Right. In, mm -hmm. So would the, would the switch have to be, I love how it feels when I do turn something in on time. I love how I love the feeling of freedom I get when the work is behind me, that, that kind of thing. Uh, that's pretty good, but I mean, it could be even simpler than that. So, you know, um, I, I'm always late and, you know, instead of that, I love when I'm on time, 
right? It's it's not I'm always on time. It's not something that's going to easily be untrue. But you know what? It is true that I love when I'm on time. Mm-hmm. And so now you at least have a different thing to focus your attention on. So if you hear I'm late all the time, it's like, well, no, I, I love when I'm on time. Now you're focused in a different way. If you repattern that into the subconscious mind, you start to take on a, a inner narrative that is actually feeding up I love when I'm on time and you'll start to see that you're on time more. You'll start to 20 minutes ahead, not live into I'm always late, right? Which right. If, if my sense of identity is I'm always late, then what's going to happen 20 minutes before I'm leaving? I'm going to pick that one last thing I can do and, and, and manifest for myself. Oh, I'm late again. Look at that, right? Mm-hmm. So that I can keep living into this sense of self. You know, one thing about our beliefs is we're trying to make them right all the time, right? So if I'm not in there challenging my beliefs, my system is set up to make them right. So if I have a belief that everybody's against me, I'm going to be looking around the room for how people are against me, right? That's just what, you know, my reticular activation center in my brain is going to be looking for. Mm -hmm. And so if I can instead, like if you go into a party with the idea of this party is going to be horrible, uh, you're looking for those examples. If you went into the same party, um, you know, this party is going to be great you're then looking for how it's great because we're going to be trying to convince our own beliefs that they're true. So this ability to get in there and change your own belief structure mm-hmm. in a meaningful way is the real game changer to personal change and personal growth. Right. Like it's, so, it's, it's the game changer. It's like your lens is, is either an ultraviolet lens or an infrared lens. And you're going to see when you look at it, when you look at your world through that lens, you're either going to see the infrared light, like everything here is terrible, or you're going to see the ultraviolet light. Everything here is great. And you might, yeah. you like it, that, that is, uh, that is like that, that yeah, if you're wearing, shift. if you're wearing a red lens, right, right. You, you, you see everything is red, right. It's red everywhere. If you right. then actually put on a clear lens or maybe take your glasses off entirely and see the world a little bit more directly, which is, you know, wink, wink, kind of what we're actually doing in a deeper sense. We're, we're backing people up to see the world uh, a lot more lensless, a mm-hmm. lot more, um, uh, you know, to get into relationship with, uh, with truth in a, in a deeper way. And that, that becomes uninteresting to people because people are like, wait, 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 get back to how do I lose weight? Right. right. Like get back to how do I get clients? And, uh, the thing that is that I actually know is better for people is actually less interesting because from their, um, limited hurting perspective of, I need a coach for something, they're trying to get the one thing that they want. But if they actually had the wisdom to see what would actually be good for them, right? It's like, you know, I, I you almost have to sell them the sugar, but kind of sneak the nutrition in, you mm-hmm, know, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense, right? So it's, it's not only that we're trying to switch to other lenses so we can see differently. We're actually trying to see truth a little bit more directly. We're actually trying to see more like just take off the negative lenses that are holding you back in a sense so that you can have much more access to what your true potential is and what you can really be and how you could show up without self-sabotage, without procrastination, without the limits that are holding you back that, that you would really argue for, right? People come to me so often and they're arguing for their own limits. They're trying to convince me that but their I limits can't. Are, that I can't. And here's why, Rob, you don't understand. You I've don't tried know to I lose weight before. I can't yep. do it. I have. It's not. That works for them because of their genetics or for some other reason or whatever. And, uh, you know, while genetic difference matters and it may be easier for some people or whatever, you can still be better than you are today mm-hmm. and you can still get more into alignment with what your highest possibilities are today. Right. I, I like this idea that from from your current 
let's just say limited perspective, you know, and I'm, I'm going to assume that we have that if we'd like to be better. Right. So in some way I feel limited you know, presently, I want more money or I want more happiness mm-hmm, or I want mm-hmm. a different emotional reality, whatever. The idea of what you think you want is still something that that limited sense of self can see. And so it's almost like affected by those limits. Like even your best vision of yourself is, you know, like, first off, if I ask people like, what's your best vision right now? They don't even have one. Like they don't have a really comprehensive what they would like their life to be. Right. It's very vague. I'd like my relationship to be great. I want to find the one. I want the the career where I'm amazing. But it's not really complete. They don't really get into, you know, I want to have a, a deep sense of joy. Even if they do have that, it's it's often specific but incomplete, right? It's it's I, I want to build this million dollar a year business or I want uh, a, a great car or I want this, you know, parts of it. But as I sort of alluded to before, we really want the whole thing. We want to have a self that we're deeply in love with who we are, right? And I mean that in a healthy self-love way. We have, you know, real deep confidence. I mean, I could tell you that I used to be so paranoid about public speaking that I could never do an interview like this. Like it was, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't just, I'd be nervous about it. Like it was a, it was an absolute, uh, no, I will never. Uh, but I've given a talk at Google. Now I get up on stage all the time. It's one of my favorite things to do. And people who say you're always nervous doing that, I can tell you, you're actually not. There's a way to get really deeply comfortable just being yourself in front of people and sharing ideas, right? That's a profound difference in, in one very specific area, but it points to the change in me that's much more universal that is, I really like who I am. And it's okay if you don't like me. And I, I feel safe in that in, in a really meaningful way. So mm. anyway, I, I want to go back to this idea of what we want. You know, it's possible that the real version of you is so amazing, is so much better than you are that it's actually kind of incomprehensible to you right, now right. in this moment. Like it's, you know, I want, I want to be you know, my vision for people is way greater often than what their vision for them is, I guess is my point, because I can see that you can really transform. You know, if we if we talk about metamorphosis from like a caterpillar to a butterfly, that's becoming a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. So so when you're trying to get the sales training or whatever, you're putting sales training on top of a you that's still you. And so if if you're the problem or if you have fundamental problems that you're mm-hmm. not addressing, just putting a Band-Aid on that is not the deepest solution. But you can really become somebody that's that's profoundly and fundamentally different than you are today. Mm. You know, confident, happy, emotional mastery. Um, if I have a minute, I'd, I'd love to tell you kind of one other idea about that. Go ahead. Yeah, please. Is it is there space? Okay, so I just yeah. I didn't want to just. It's a podcast, keep, man. We can yeah. go all day if we want to. <laughs> I didn't want to just keep babbling away. I didn't know if it was if you wanted to respond or anything. No, but- I I I have some things, but there's so much that you're you're giving us right now. Like I have some things that I want to use for clarification in a second here. But I awesome. but finish your awesome. finish your anecdote. Yeah. So I, I you know one thing that I ask people is I, I I go if you imagine a person across the street, at who is so together that it's it's almost annoying but they're so amazing that you actually really like them too right like it's mm-hmm. just you, you can't even hate them uh they are really great in business they're wonderful to people they're happy in their family and and this is authentic they're not faking it it's not like right. the instagram version of them like they really are that thing if i ask a, a client you know why aren't you that person you know they'll say hey rob i'm uh, that's not me right i had these other things or genetically i'm this way or whatever mm-hmm. the whatever all the reasons might be and i say okay some some of that may have fact that that but that's not really the point here's three domains where they're deeply different than you are 
that person is on a consistent basis thinking different thoughts than you're thinking, mm-hmm. right? If you, if you keep going through life thinking in the exact same way that you're thinking now, making all the meaning that you're making now, how could you expect it to be any different, right? Um, it, so they, they have a different meaning-making mechanism. They're able to see the positive. They can be resilient in this moment. They can do whatever, right? Uh, their behaviors are different, right? While you're getting up and procrastinating and maybe being lazy or sitting on the couch eating the cheese puffs, they're like working out and starting a new whoa, business. Whoa, whoa, and- whoa. Please do not make <laughs> fun of my cheese puff edition. Right, right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheese puffs are pretty pretty awesome. But, uh, you know, to make the point, like they're they're doing different things with their time, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're actions that they're taking. You know, they're actually getting out and doing the yard work or whatever, right? They're they're functional in their behavior. And the other thing is, is they have an emotional mastery where, you know, they can uh, manifest happiness. They can, uh, you know, find the meaning in their sadness. They can not ruminate. They can do these different things where, uh, you know, so what I would say to you is why you're not that person is you need to be thinking different thoughts you know, having different feelings and a different emotional mastery, which is deeply possible and very easy to achieve, actually. Uh, and you need to be doing different things. And if you've changed how you think, how you feel and how you behave, you've really become a different version of yourself. Right, right. 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 That, does that make sense? <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, if you yeah. if you change every aspect of your life, then yes, you've become a different person of how you But it's not. Life. But that's not as difficult as it seems. Right? right. Like that's that's not that's actually you're way more in control of that. It's not I, you know, that that sounds like, oh, I just have to change everything. No, you actually have to change yourself mm-hmm. profoundly. Right. Like mm-hmm. that. That's the thing that. That is the pivot point. And so uh, how are you making meaning? How are you in relationships to your emotions? And how are you in relationship to your doing? Right. And when you when you shift that, which is is so deeply rooted in your conscious attention and your unconscious mind, you can profoundly change. So, I mean, look, I, I, I what I love is that if you can get if you can master that first step, if you can get to that place where you're not faking it, you're saying I am. I am a person who loves doing things on time. I am a mm. person who loves, I love the feeling of finishing a run. I love, you know, and I, I am a runner. Um, so you begin to, t- you begin to tell yourself that and you begin to make that your reality. Okay. Which um, by the way is already true in most cases, right? The thing we're going to pick, it, it's not untrue that I love to be on time. I'm mm-hmm. just not focusing on it. Right. But right. then, but so your thoughts become the thing that you dwell on, which then begins to inform your behavior. Correct. Because you're like, I'm an on-time person. Oh, if I don't leave right now, I'm going to be late. But I'm an on-time person. I need to leave. Right. Um, I need to get up a little bit earlier because being on time is part of my core value structure. Right. Um, and, and if that's in the unconscious mind, if that's really been patterned in, you've taken the time to do what it takes to get that in, those things start popping up in your conscious attention without your effort. So mm-hmm. it's not an act of will. It's the night before you realize, oh, wait, I got to get to bed because I've got to be on time tomorrow because you've already taken on right. this foundational idea of I'm a guy who likes to be on time. Like that's that's what's up. If I instead am living a life where I'm late all the time, right. I'm going to be like, well, I'm late all the time. So, you know, the, the, my focus the night before is Netflix till three in the morning and then I'm exhausted and then Again, I'm running late. Stop and then... attacking me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The cheese puffs yeah, and the yeah. Netflix is my coping mechanism. Look, I've been looking through your window, man. And I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. Okay, so let's say we've been doing this work on ourselves, right? Yep. And whether it's it's just this, uh, it's it. We've picked a couple of little areas. So you start to tell yourself, "I am an athlete. Uh, I am not. You know, I, I the, the the these are just the conditions that I'm facing right now. But in reality, at my core, I'm an athlete. 
What do you do about, and I'm not talking about abusive people in your life, but I'm just talking about people who have been maybe hurt by your patterns in the past or who are, who um, you're close enough to that they, that they reinforce your old thinking, even if they don't mean to. So they yeah, will, they yeah. will treat you like the version of yourself before you convince your subconscious mind. How do you prevent that from seeping in and reallocating the sort of mental resources that we've been talking about? Well, what's really, I mean, it's a great point because when we talk about, and I, 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 I'm talking about weight loss so much, people are going to think I'm a weight loss coach. Um, but you know, let's take that as another example. If the, that is one of the biggest challenges for people that actually lose weight. So imagine, you know, the mom in a family decides to significantly lose weight. She goes through the whole thing. You will actually watch the family around her you know, do a tall poppy syndrome thing and start to want to chop it down because her behaviors are making them feel bad about right. the cheese. Right, 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 couch, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so there's a whole nother level of, of coaching that could be needed there. Well, now I need relationship coaching because what do I do? And a lot of times we end up thinking, well, they all have to change or whatever. Um, the first thing that I want to significantly say is that it's, it's most important that you stay the course in what's most important for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, and by your example, uh, those around you will either uh, change or go away in in the best case scenario. So in a, in a very dysfunctional thing like addiction, you'll see in 12-step programs, uh, you know, they talk about people, places, and things. You know, to whatever degree you can, you want to try to get away from that dysfunction because it's going to be such a heavy, uh, you know, force of gravity to pull you back into these bad behaviors. So the triggers of being near the crack house you used to go to, or being in an alcoholic family or whatever. So a lot of times you got to go away to a 28 day program right. to get enough sobriety to get a little bit of gravity in another direction. Now, obviously if your family's the thing that's dysfunctional or your partner is or whatever, mm -hmm. that gets into deeper things that doesn't have one answer. Right. right. If it's, and if, if it's, it's not as overt as addiction where you can go to it and not all of us have like if it's if it's Correct. a more subtle yep. change we can't go away for 28 days to a productivity clinic necessarily totally totally but you know you probably don't you know if you become productive and your your spouse is not productive they're probably not going to be like really mad at your productivity right mm -hmm. um so so that's that's also while you that's why you don't need to go away to a productivity clinic right. because you actually can do it in front of them right that's right. something where all of a sudden you're more productive they might be like cool i can relax the place is actually really clean and thanks for all your work and but it, it may inspire them to come along i mean we are getting into like more relationship stuff there and yeah. and that gets important with holding boundaries and setting boundaries so if it's so bad that the other person's dysfunction is affecting you, you know, that's when you have to make choices of like how much of their dysfunction am I going to accept? Mm -hmm. uh, I would make the argument that if you become more functional, you're creating a new cent center of gravity for the whole situation mm -hmm. in like a family dynamic. If you become deeply healthy, you're at least starting to pull the gravity toward health in the system. Right. So that that can be great and can lead, you know, if you're a mom and you really change how you eat. You, you then can teach your kids how to eat differently. Right. And then, you know, generationally, the, the change of you learning how to feed yourself uh, can change not only your kids, but their kids and their kids and their kids. You know, it's, it's a ripple effect that could be enormous. Uh, if you have a loving husband who's also dysfunctional, he might come along once he sees you lose a ton of weight or whatever. Right. right? So uh, but again, if that person is uh, abusive or you know, I hate the way you're eating and yeah. you know, the, the, to some degree holding you down and putting a Slurpee down your throat, then, you know, you might need to get divorced <laughs> yeah, or whatever. So I mean, it's, right. it, it just depends, right? So yeah. uh, that that's situational, obviously. So, so I guess what I'm talking about is even is even more subtle than that, though. 
Like, um, yes, I think I absolutely think that when if you can start to be an agent of change in your own life and uh, the and you can start to encourage the people in your life to change alongside of you, I get that. But what about the even more subtle thing? Not even of not even of them resenting or trying to stop you or being mad at you for like you when you talk about productivity, like nobody's gonna be mad at you that you did the laundry. Like nobody, right. like man, right. I was I was gonna be laden with that chore today. Like that's that's not. It's more of how. They treat you like you are the person that you were before you made this fundamental change in your subconscious. Yeah, yeah. Well, they say you're the it, fat person. They say sure. that you're the lazy one that doesn't do it, and they reinforce your old, your old sense of self, your old lens. So, to what degree are you letting somebody else define what you are? Is one thing to consider. Right, there, right? right. I mean, like, like right? I, on paper, yeah, that's you make a great point, but I just think you know, it, it, the it's much more nefarious and subtle in real life. It is. And you can hold that idea and you can keep that lens if you'd like. I'm Mm -hmm. suggesting that uh, that becomes less important if you profoundly change. Right. Mm. And that's not my final answer. Like it's a subtle thing. And you're right that that can be a difficulty, but that's a better difficulty to have than you remaining dysfunctional. Right. I think I think I think the point you're trying to make is that even if you change, you may be surrounded by people that are still there to support it. But if you consistently act differently, Um, there's going to be resistance to that in the beginning, but if you really become a runner pretty soon, your husband or your wife or your kids are going to be like, she's a runner now. Like that's Mm -hmm. what she is like, you know, but in Mm -hmm. the beginning it might be like, you're not a runner. This isn't going to work. You're going to have to fight through that. And your, your, uh, present history of dysfunction has got you in the situation where you're surrounded by a system that is dysfunctional mm-hmm. to whatever degree. So yes, that, that changes is, is not solely within you. You know, you're in whatever systems you're in also, uh, but you profoundly changing within that people will very quickly find that, Oh no, she's really a runner because now she's actually doing what she says she's going to do. You know, before, uh, you know, I've been in relationships where people have very consistently not done what they would say, what they said they would do. And that's really frustrating because in the moment, the sincerity of what they were saying was, you know, I'm a coach. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lie detector in a lot of ways. I'm trying to see if you're lying to me. I'm trying to see if you're lying to yourself. Right. Right? I'm, I have a very high degree of being able to see where the BS is in a, in a situation. Um, so I've had personal relationships where the BS was zero. The person really, really meant it over and over and over again. But the character of the person and the, the functionality of the person almost never could follow through on what these big claims of the future would be. Right. Well, guess what? I then don't trust that person. That person doesn't trust that person because she's seeing over and over, wow, I'm not doing what I say I'm going to do. So if you change you and you consistently actually do the things that you say you're going to do, not only do you get a real sense of self-love because I'm, I'm right-sizing my goals. I'm not claiming things that are too big to do. I'm not claiming things that are so little and stupid they don't matter to do. I'm claiming important things and I'm actually showing up and getting them done. Well, I start to respect myself. Guess what? All the people around me can start to respect me too and they will. Mm. They'll start to say, wow, you said you'd do that and you did it. You said you weren't late anymore. And it might not be the first week or the first month, but six months later, if you're really not late anymore, it's like, yeah, he used to be the late person, but he's, you know, uh, he's not late anymore. Mm -hmm. Like this is, this guy's an on-time guy now. Right. So, uh, it, it is about you changing and sticking to that even through whatever dysfunction might be around you and, uh, and resetting that now, you know, also going in and asking for support and saying, Hey, I am trying to be a runner. I want to talk like a runner, be a runner. You know, as I'm doing this, I would love it if you wouldn't, you know, go, you're not a runner. You know, it'd be really great if you could support me. Mm -hmm. And if you have love and connection around you, hopefully they'll enroll and, and support that change. But whether they do or not, 
it matters that you go out and do the running to become a runner, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, that's what it is. Um, yeah. So does that answer that? To I mean, yeah, yes, it does. It's just, it, it's, um, it, it, the hard, the, the hard thing about this is the most effective thing about this, right? Like it just requires daily renewing and it requires, it requires uh, some of it. Some of it does. So, so, you know, there's wake up and there's grow up. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and what I mean by that is you can have a real profound intuition about something. And I, I would argue that you are permanently changed. And then over time, life is going to keep coming at you. Right. So, uh, if, if you're, um, so like, here's an example, if somebody is depressed, if I can change their meaning through a conversation or through showing them some comedy or whatever, mm-hmm. I can in a moment make them not depressed. That's an emotion that can change in this moment. Um, I can take you from somebody who is procrastinating and get you into action in this moment. What I can't do is I can't turn you into concert pianist in this moment. That is something that takes grow up and mastery right, over right. time. I can't turn you into billionaire in an instant. I can turn you into entrepreneur in an instant. But you might be entrepreneur with no clients and no business yet, but you then have to build the business over time, right? So there's wake up and there's grow up. So to your point, there's a fundamental shift that can happen in you where the change is real. It's Mm -hmm. permanent. It's there. Um, You know, because that change is possible, when I say it's permanent, could you change again? Of course, right? Right. There's You you could hopefully even grow more later or you could become dysfunctional if you introduce heroin to a person. That's probably not a good idea. You know, if you – that could take somebody very functional and turn them into something very dysfunctional. So I'm not saying that it's just permanent, wonderful change and it's easy and that's it. But you can change profoundly in this moment and be really different. And then you have to show up over time as that. And that is not as difficult if you've really profoundly changed. Mm-hmm. If you if you haven't changed and you're faking it or you're trying to use willpower, it's very difficult. Yeah. And that, that very often doesn't work. Right. I mean, like, yeah, we, and even if you're a person of extreme willpower, like you can, uh, I, I think about um, uh, David Blaine, the street magician. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he is obviously like, he is willpower extraordinaire, right? Like Correct. at a certain yeah. point, he gave up doing magic tricks and started or doing... Or it looks like that. I don't know what he's really doing. Right, but, yeah. but yeah. The, allegedly <laughs> he's doing... Mag- it might be a magic trick that he's doing that, but yeah. But he's doing these feats. I mean, some of them are certified world records, so I, I, I'm sure he's sure. doing some actual feats of willpower, right? From the yeah. holding his breath to the ice baths and stuff like that. I'll so, allow it. My only point is he's a magician. So right, you know, right, knows, right, 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 right. Yes, right, right. But 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 I mean, you know, at, at his core, I think he like he kind of shifted. He's like, look, all magic is is kind of will and deception, right? Your your ability to to pull off these big tricks is is selling the things as normal that aren't. So he just kind of gave up the veneer and is just doing the willpower thing. But even he talks about when he's not on tour, when he's when he is done with the insane amount of willpower that is required of an exercise or of a of a feat, he ends up like smoking a pack a day of cigarettes and gaining a bunch right. of weight because he has exhausted that muscle. And Correct. now that muscle no longer exists. He's like, I have nothing to drive. And so therefore I am, you know, I'm I'm gaining 20 pounds of fat and I'm and I'm smoking yes. cigarettes because I'm not on that grind. So I think I think a, a mistake that a lot of us make, especially if you have like I'm a person of incredible short term willpower. Uh, it, it it and one of the beautiful things about marathons is it teaches you about your own willpower. Um, right. Uh, I highly recommend to anybody that's healthy enough to run a marathon to try it uh, for that reason. But uh, but but when things fail for me over time, it's because I've exhausted the will. I mean, I'm hearing you say. I feel like it might be because I've exhausted my willpower and I have failed to make the fundamental mental shift into what I, into an identity. And yes. so even if I see three months of change, even if I see six months of change, 
that I have failed to internalize the notion. To... You you just said I am a kind of person X Y Z, right? You just said I'm a person of a, you know it was something like exquisite short term will or something, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you that 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 says in your language in your own meaning making right now that you're not somebody who has long term willpower in in the same way. Let's say you you were calling out that I've got this explicit thing, right? Um, backing up to that to see the meaning that you're making in that moment and taking on another meaning is really, really deeply important. Mm-hmm. The more that you argue for what you are and what your skill set is right now, the more you are in your present identity and you will be manifesting whatever that present identity right. believes about itself. Right. Okay. So opening up to hearing that own language in yourself to make different meaning, to see that lens that you decided to look through right there and back up from it and go, wait, 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 maybe maybe I could be this. What if, what if I also say I'm great at all kinds of willpower, mm-hmm. right? You might find another thing. And so I'll, I'll, I'll break that down. A lot of people say there was a lot of research that was interpreted a while back about willpower that you wake up with the most of it. And through just, you know, the difficulty of not flipping someone off in road rage right, situations right, right. and De- this and that, fatigue. right. Decision fatigue. By the end of the day, you're kind of exhausted. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's, there's a lot of people who are like, that's exactly right. And I would say there's probably a lot of truth to that. That's in, why you grab ice cases. cream at 10 30 PM after you put totally, the kids to bed. Totally. But in the morning you might start the day off well. And also if you start off poorly, it's easier to continue those poor decisions through right. the day. So if you wake up to cake, it's like, well, today's burnout and you end up burning through the day and it's, mm-hmm. it's a low willpower day across the board. However, they've also realized now that your decision to have more will in the moment, you can re-up that will. You can, If you decide in the moment, which you probably have learned through marathons, I'd love to hear if this is true for you, you might get to a place where you hit that 22-mile wall or whatever. For and, me, it and happens now, at 18. 18, uh, 18 is, the most okay. pa- is the most painful part. There it is. So you're at 18 and you hit this wall and you're like, whatever. And somehow you learn, I'm going to will myself through this, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the people that can't even do 18, they've failed back at six or something and given Mm -hmm. up or whatever, right? And so there's this thing where you can actually do it. I would bet that if you get to 26.2, for the people that get to 100, you know, they had to decide again about their will and again about their will and again about their will. So what we have learned actually that there is a lot in the deciding of I've got more willpower in this moment. But we often, because we are exhausted and because decision fatigue is real and all that, we say, "Ah, I don't have any more will. That's it. So to a great degree, even that is a decision in the moment and a meaning that you're making mm-hmm. in the moment. Now, a lot of it is unconscious, but it it can be made more conscious. You can get more agency there and actually muster more will. And then we, we've you, you talk about the military thing where they go, you know, when we're crapping out, we're really only 40 percent depleted. We've got right. another 60 in the tank that when you're really put under stress, you will dig in and find. Right. That's right? what training so, is meant to do is to teach you that you're you, you can really hold your breath for another two minutes. Totally. So gaining access to the meta skill of that is deeply valuable in all directions of your mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, and and hearing in the way that you're making meaning and what you're saying about I am right. I'm great at sales, but I'm not good with women. I'm I'm, you know, fantastic at fitness, but I always eat sugar at night. Right. Those things can start to get challenged in a really meaningful way, much more automatically when you bring the unconscious into the conscious and see what's at play. Like, mm-hmm. what are my lenses? What am I carrying here? What's been going on? Does that make sense? It does. I mean, it does. Like, you, you, you know, I, um, I mean, it, it, the running analogy is really effective, right? Like, if I set out for a three-mile run and, I, and then I end up getting lost and making it a four-mile run, that's mentally a lot harder for me than if yeah. I set out for a five-mile run. 
which is mm-hmm. obviously a mile longer than even my accident, my exactly. accidental four mile run. Right. So like right. um, when you when you have positioned your mind that this is what you're going to accomplish, uh, it becomes a lot easier to find those those little bits of places. It where changes. You're... It changes reality. Right. So like right. I'm out changes... on a six mile run yeah. right now. I'm going to run three miles out, three miles back, or do a six mile loop or whatever. It's fundamental. It's why I struggle. Um, or uh, I do run on the treadmill, but it's why I, I prefer to run outside is because when you're on the treadmill, you can quit. You can't, you know, you, the, the course you're on is not as, as prescribed. Cause like when you're yes. out running outside, you're like, when you're three miles away from your house, guess what? You've got to run three you miles get back. back. It's a you six mile run, whether yeah. you like yeah. it or not. And right. so then right. it's just a question of how soon will it be over as opposed to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to leave right now. So I think Correct. there's like, like that, that, I, I totally, I see that played out in real time, like your, your, your concept played out in real time when I'm, when I'm, when I'm out there running. And, um, and I think that is like, I think that, that for me, that's, that's very, that's very apt. And when I talk about short-term willpower, I think what I, what I mean by that is, um, and I'm not, I think you're absolutely right. Like I need to change. I, I'm thinking about all the times of my life when I have wanted to change fundamentally and been able to consistently do something for a shorter amount of time than I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I realize with in, in the lens of this conversation, because I'm trying to do the activity that you are prescribing right now. So I, I'm trying to kind of, but I don't have a piece of paper in front of me. So I'm doing mm-hmm. it in my head. Like, okay, sure. Where are the ways that I have presented limitations for myself? Where have I, where have I struggled in the past to make fundamental change in my life and the ways mm-hmm. that I want to change? And so I went, what, what yielded that statement for me that I, is that I realized like I have spent a lot of time in the past making these changes, but I've done it out of sheer will, um, yes. as opposed to taking a moment and, and reevaluating myself. But that, I have also experienced though, that when you begin a new pattern of behavior, even if you use a little bit of will, even if you muscle your way through it, the behavior and repetition will begin to program your subconscious mind. Like with, with yes. running is a great example. Like yeah. the so more I you can... run, the more your body wants to run. Correct. Let me let me say something about willpower that I think is really useful and helpful. Willpower is required for the things that feel unnatural to you presently. Okay. okay? So so if you have a sense of self where it's not natural to eat really really healthy, it's an act of will to eat really, really healthy. Mm-hmm. If you can apply that act of will long enough, which, by the way, it's grueling and it can be difficult. It works. It works eventually. But the reason that it works is eventually done long enough, your sense of self will take on, I just eat healthy. Once you've done that, it doesn't require will anymore because it's a part of your identity. Mm-hmm. It is, I eat well. I right you. Now your I statements begin with, I, I eat healthy. I feed myself healthy. You know what? I go out to dinner with friends. They're all eating crap. I still eat well because I eat well. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. It's not an act of will because if it's an act of will, as soon as I'm depleted, I don't have that will because my natural, my sense of self is I eat the cake. And then if I go out and I'm on a date and, you know, well, she might think I'm weird if I order the salad, so I'll get whatever she's getting. Right, you know, right, right. We, we, get, we get moved around really, really easily. Mm. So my point is, is that one path of change and the obvious one, the one that almost all coaches are using is willpower. Do this over time enough with your sheer sense of will and you will change. Uh, and that is a part of it, right? If you can gain more access to willpower, if you can start uh, flexing your willpower muscle, uh, that is not a bad skill. I'm not against that. That's fantastic. What I'm saying is, is that there is a fundamentally different way to do that by going in and changing your sense of self 
in a profound and real way. Like mm -hmm. it's not a it's not a fake game of affirmations. Mm -hmm. It's a real change in taking on a new meaning of what it is to be you that all of a sudden you can take on, oh, I eat well and get that without the willpower. Right. So mm -hmm. all of a sudden you can take on right now. I am runner. Now in the whole wake up versus grow up, that doesn't mean you run a marathon tomorrow. That right, doesn't mean right, you're right. Olympic runner today. Right. right. But and you can, and your time runner. is not going to be sub five. You know, Correct. you're going to get right. out there and you're going to run a 13 minute, two mile run. I mean, run. my, mine would be sub five. Let's be okay. honest. Okay. Okay. You know, no, All right. <laughs> no, but you get what, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you're, I think you're getting it right. So, so that idea, like what it's so subtle from where we are, like we can't see it, that you would say to me things like, I'm really good at short-term willpower and I'll just, we'll, we'll pretend that that implies that you're not good at longer-term ones mm -hmm. or whatever, right? That you're taking a certain truth about yourself in the world that has a certain limit and it might have evidence. And I'm not saying it's not real and I'm mm -hmm. not saying that that's not very true about you, but you have more capacity than that. And, uh, but that capacity is limited by your current sense of self. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Okay. But I mean, uh, yes. And, but the, I feel like the, I'm dragging you through this. No, 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 no. The, yeah. But the point of illustration was meant that I that that I I I have relied on my willpower, and when I say short term, I mean it could be it can be a year. Uh, sure, I just mean like I've relied on I've relied but on. But if you my, need it for a year, you haven't taken it on. At, like you've still needed the willpower right. a year later. And so right? that's so, and right. So like that's that's an area where I really I where I would like to see myself fundamentally shift. Um, and while I've experienced, again, the reinforcement, the grow up of behavior, consistent behavior, reinforcing identity, um, if you can't make that certain subconscious change uh, at any point in the process, eventually the willpower, no matter who you are, eventually the willpower itself will dry out if you can't begin to convince yourself that that's who you are. Um, Correct. And, it, and no, if you can't actually become that, it's not actually, yourself, right, right, it's right, actually right. becoming it. Right. right so it's right. not, it's it, like the base of where you're talking from mm -hmm. is I'm this thing and I have to pretend to be something different right, than right. I Right, right. No, you're I'm absolutely right. You're absolutely you're right. You're going to actually become different first. So the, it's the directional thing, right? right. Do, I need to, right. do I need to fake this behavior on top of what I am now mm. and hope that some fiction date in the future I become this other thing? Or am I going to become the other thing first and then watch my behavior change right. from now because Gosh. of that? And it's such a subtle difference, but it's such that's an important... That's the fundamental shift. Right, right. Do you see what I'm saying? So I do. So sorry that took so long to answer, but that's that's No, but that's... Is, yeah, right? that's it. Uh, we have, we've been talking for like an hour and we haven't gotten to uh, I, I, the, your identity shifting mindset group, which is, which is I'm assuming, very similar to the conversation we've been having, but, but writ large with several people. Uh, can you... Uh, uh, can we before we before we before we end this? I, I would like sure. to hear about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I do a thing called the Identity Shifting Mastermind. It is uh, it is a process where very quickly up front you get access to a set of tools that take you through this, so that you can deeply and profoundly change. You can change conscious thought and unconscious thought. You get gain emotional mastery in in really deep ways. You get connected to to purpose and you're doing in, in really masterful ways. And each of those are changing by going in and editing the subconscious mind rather than using willpower. So it's mm. sort of an inside out way. And you, you start with certain goals of what you think you want. Now you, uh, almost guaranteed get those, but very often it, it deeply changes in the course of what you really see you're capable of and what you really want to do. Oftentimes you end up 
uh, wanting to accomplish much, much, much larger things. So one example is somebody uh, who came to me who had cerebral palsy wanted to become a coach. He was an employee and he wanted to become a coach. Well, three weeks in, he's got clients and he's a coach. That's already happened. By the end, he decided he wanted to challenge walking and he'd never walked without a walker before. By the end of the course, he's walking and like two months after the course, he'd run a 5K without anything. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he had challenged what was possible for him physically uh, because he changed in 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 what he could do. Right. So uh, people just have profound transformation going through this process. And the way that I'm offering this now, uh, we, we do one of these about every quarter. Uh, you go through that, you do this massive change, and then you have access to me over the rest of uh, of a full year so that we can apply it in all of these different areas of your life so that you end up, you know, your relationships are deeply transformed, your success and your money is deeply transformed, um, you know, health, all of the areas get changed and you just end up, uh, you have a, a deep wake up experience and then we do grow up, you know, over the over the coming 12 months and uh, and really deeply change. Phenomenal. Guys, uh, 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 how do people how do people sign up for that? Yeah, so you can go to robscott.com and uh, and go look at identity shifting. And uh, there are, you know, there's a there's a explainer video and, and a training there for you. And then you can apply to talk to me if anybody wants to, uh, you know, get into the next group. There's also identity shifting.com, correct? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's Rob Scott's going to point out at that. But yes, that they yeah. could go directly there as well. All right. So that's how you want people to follow up with you. Are there any other touch points people can if they want to get in touch with you? Uh, just any old way. If they go to robscott.com, they can, they can find what I'm up to. We've got a podcast called the Rob Scott show. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you can find me on all of the social media platforms and all that stuff. And I'd love to get connected with anybody who's interested in this kind of stuff. Link to Rob's websites, uh, in the show notes so that you guys can click on it. One last thing. And I ask it to everybody, Rob, what is one thing we can all start doing today to make our lives a whole lot better? I think what we talked about with listing out those limits and rethinking some of them, you know, mm -hmm. breaking up with how true they are is, is an absolute first step. Another one is uh, taking on some type of a gratitude practice so that you mm. can spend a little bit more time. Um, I have a thing called the 3G3, which is, uh, which is a, a 3G3 process of gratitude that's, that you can find on robscott.com. And I also have a thing called Back to Breath, which is a free seven-day little meditation challenge that helps people understand what's going on with your own attention mm -hmm. in a meaningful way so that you're not kind of lost in the, in the scattered of thinking and you can actually ground back into a sense of calm centered mm. being. Yeah. You know, the idea of gratitude, uh, I know that you gave more than just that, but the idea of gratitude is something that I have heard consistently from a lot of great thinkers that just, if you can find things to be grateful for, even on the harder days, it's just it's another way to reprogram your mind. You'll begin to look for things that you're grateful for as you go through the day. So it's a it's a real example of how repatterning. Right. So you're going to spend time uh, and it can just be that the sun came up today. It could mm -hmm. be a hug that you got from your mom when you were five mm -hmm. years old. It could mm -hmm. be whatever. You're moving your conscious attention towards something. Mm -hmm. It lights up different pathways in the brain. We literally can rewire what neurons are firing at what times, right? That literally changes the limbic system in your in your brain that's going to fire off different hormones through your body, right? It literally changes your biology by changing your focus mm -hmm. and what your thinking is doing. And, and when you do that, what happens is you're opening up these pathways so that they can happen more frequently through the day. And if we think about gratitude, it really is, uh, it might be like real close to love, right? It's just, it's this way of feeling like mm. just really happy for all that we get, you know, just by being here in some mm. sense. And, uh, 
what if you practice that to whatever degree, you'll start seeing that it happens more automatically. Your your subconscious will be more available to you to have that be served up as your reality, and uh, you become happier. There's all kinds of studies where it, it can beat, uh, uh, you know, chemicals for depression and things like that. So yeah, it's it's a phenomenal practice to take on. It feels really good as soon as you do it. Yeah, and I I feel that way with gratitude and meditation. Like it's. Uh, it seems it, it's like, ugh, this is annoying, but eventually like, your, your brain just starts to love it. Yes, it sure does. Rob Scott, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you. Gib, thank you very much. I appreciate it. That's it for our show today. If you like the show, please rate, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a lot. Uh, it, it really does. If you know of a friend that needs to hear this, please send it to them. That would literally, if every one of you did that, it would double our listenership and also really help us out. We spend a lot of time on Facebook. Facebook.com slash John Tesh is where we spend most of our time. You can uh, We go live there all the time. In fact, we've been doing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific. We've been doing these special quarantine workouts, so you can check that out. We do all kinds of fun stuff there. Uh, also, John is on Instagram, at John Tesh underscore IFYL, and at John Tesh on Twitter. I am Gib Gerard. You can find me at Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard or at Gib Gerard on Instagram and Twitter. Links to all of those sites are in the show notes. In all of those accounts are in the show notes. Uh, and I, I try to respond to every DM and mention about the show. Uh, you guys have actually provided some guests or some recommendations for guests that we've had on. So thank you. Keep doing that. And I do that because I do the show for you guys. Uh, I couldn't do the show without you. So thank you so much for listening.